So before we get started here today, I just wanted to update you guys because unfortunately the current uh, COVID situation has begun to affect our production here. I'll explain later, but first some good news for you guys. Uh, we're wrapping up our first season here at Rumham and Wild Cards, and we got a great season finale planned for our awesome listeners. Our season finale is going to feature uh, your guys' voicemails, your emails, tweets, comments, uh, whatever you guys think of our opinions and whatever you think of the shows, we're going to talk about it and respond to it. And, uh, you know, maybe you'll change one of our minds, change one of our scores or something. Who knows? So having said that, uh, leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash rumham. There's a button that says leave a message. So leave a message. Let us know what's up. Let us know where you're listening from. We'd be happy to hear from you. Feel free to shoot us an email, alwayssunnypod at gmail.com. Um, we're going to be collecting all these and using them for one of the last episodes of the season or uh, the season finale. We're going to finish up and take a month off in June, and then we will be back in July. So there's six Fridays in July, so we'll have three brand new episodes to start off season two for you in July. So like I said, there's some good news and there's some bad news. Uh, unfortunately, there is a potential chance that we're going to have to put production on hold or figure something out here because one of our amazing hosts, uh, unfortunately, may have possibly been exposed to the coronavirus. I'm not going to say which of our guys here. Obviously, you know, being in the room here, we're all kind of technically at risk of being exposed. But um, his family members have been tested, and by the time this episode comes out, we will know what the results are. But as of recording this right now, uh, we're still waiting on those test results. So we're hoping for the best, and we're hoping that we can resume production as normally as possible. Hang in there, everyone. Uh, hang out at home. Listen to some more episodes of Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. And uh, don't go overboard with cleanliness like Frank did. Don't cover yourself down in Purell. You think Big Corona is sponsored by Rumham and Wildcards to get people to stay home to listen to our show? Oh, yeah. This is all just one big ruse for us to set up a sponsorship between us and Corona. So thank you to our amazing listeners, especially the Wildcard crew in UK, Romania, Israel, Sweden, the Philippines, New Zealand. You guys are all awesome. Let's, let's do this. Let's start the show. The people have the right to know whether their president is a crook. And I can tell you, I am not a crook. Oh my goodness, Barack Obama's here today on the show, ladies and gentlemen. That was Richard Nixon, a crook. I mean, not a crook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Rumham and Wild Cards. This is episode five here today. My name is Brayden. If you're just joining us for the first time, welcome, welcome. We are making the ultimate ranking of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We are going episode by episode talking about the best and the worst of the gang's adventures. Today we're talking about season one, episode five, Gun Fever. I am not here alone. I am here with some awesome co-hosts. Introduce yourselves, gentlemen. Hey guys, it's your boy Adam. I am sick, and what am I sick with? I got that gun fever. Yo, it's Donnie. And it's uh, we're here today with Junior Tachos. My father was Senior Tachos. He was um, from Minnesota. Are we sponsored by Sonic now? Uh, I don't know. What's a ta- um, what? That depends. If, <laughs> what's a Tacho? Like your boy Krispy Kreme, rest in peace. 
Tater tot nachos. That sounds for amazing. our foreign listeners. Uh, tater tots being uh, the spud, tasty, crispy treat, and nacho being a uh, cheese-covered delicacy. Tacho being a combination of the two. And senior and senior sound similar. So, so tacho is our dish of the day, and it is not just the four of us talking about. It's always sunny. We want to hear what you, our listeners, think. The wildcard crew, feel free to hit us up on Anchor. At our anchor page, anchor.fm slash rumham, where you can leave us a voicemail. Find our social media links at alwayssunnypod. Head on over to Twitter and Instagram. Email us at alwayssunnypod at gmail.com. All that good stuff. We want to hear from you guys. We got a great episode here. Or should I say uh, an average episode in my opinion, but uh, I'll get to it later. Uh, We got season one, episode five, Gun Fever. An episode that came out on August 30th. 2005 uh this one was directed by daniel atias atias i think i'm getting that one right he he directed a couple episodes ago uh this episode was written by rob mcclehenny uh there's story credits to glenn howardin and charlie day online so i think everyone but but d basically wrote this one makes sense yeah so gun fever is about the the uh, bar being robbed a safe gets stolen out of the back of Patty's pub and the group together tries to figure out who did it. And more entertainingly, they kind of argue over and teeter on the fence of the stance of uh, gun rights, tackling a lot of great issues here in this first this first season. So the group kind of splits in half. Dee's kind of on the fence dating a gun douche is what I'm going to call him. Do we not know hey, that? Hey, hey Colin. Hmm. Is that law enforcement? Yeah. Yeah, Is everything all right? No, dude. We got robbed last night. Oh, shit. Are you kidding me? Fuck. What happened? Well, remember the other day when we were in the back room and you were making fun of us for having such a tight Oh, that really sucks, guys. It all leads into craziness, of course. It was a B and E, dude. It was a B and E. That was a B and E. It's a B and E, dude. You didn't didn't know what B and E is. It was a B and E, dude. Breaking and entering. So... Before we get started here, season one is missing one of our favorite characters, the beloved Danny DeVito. Frank Reynolds is missing from season one, which asks the question here every episode for season one. What would Frank do? He would just start blasting. I Yes. Yes. I was going to say that. I got a convoluted what would Frank do here. I'll let you guys go first. What do you think Frank would do? Well, I think that I think he, obviously he would have had a gun the entire time. Um, and I think that he would have gone... Long, I think he would have created the plan that Mac and Dennis created at the end to set a trap and stake out. And I think that he would have done that originally and probably right off the bat. He stake just wants out. to shoot people. Yeah, he, car mines, a place yeah, for stakes. He'd probably like, yeah, he would probably like put black paint on himself, camo, cameo himself up, and then you know head out. So I think it's funny that you said Frank's going to start blasting because I totally agree that Frank is going to start blasting. But I have a really convoluted way that this leads up here hear me out guys picture this rickety cricket's already introduced he's already a character right him and frank hiding out in the back office for some reason they're trying to catch the culprit as well dennis goes in blasting shoots charlie somehow frank ends up shooting cricket dennis and frank end up shooting at each other but they're both just so like scared that they're not looking at all, and they just fire off all their bullets before they can realize who's firing at the other. And that's 
how the episode would end, in my opinion, if Frank was involved. Everyone gets shot? You've put a serious amount of time into this. You don't want to shoot someone for sure. I don't think you would miss. I don't think you would hit at all. He would miss every shot because he's blind as a bat. He also fires a snub nose revolver, so those things have a pretty big kick. Three fifty-seven. I don't know. I, I don't know what specifically pretty it is. Kick when I kick you in in the face. I, I don't know. That was professional. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we're keeping it real professional here. So I didn't like this episode. I know really? I said it was average, but I straight up just didn't like this episode. Wasn't Why? a huge fan either. I mean, it, they what? bring up some some real good uh, points, some interesting things to think about, um, right? So one of the themes you notice is that, like, so Mac and Dennis are really into guns and whatnot, and they go ahead and they get their gun, and Charlie's, like, sort of on the fence about it, but then he, like, holds the gun and, like, plays with it and starts shooting, and then he's super into it, and then he's got the gun fever. Um, gun fever is another term for... Weapon fetishization, which has been happening ever since humans killed people with spears. You should read the book um, (laughs) Sapiens by Yuval Harari. It's a good book. Yeah. He talks about weapon fetishization and how that's existed throughout time. In what way? How has it manifested itself in history or... Well, like, um, one of the things he says, I mean, not to really to get bogged down, one of the things he says is the ancients believed that... Um, Who the hell are these ancients? The All of them? The saints, the sapiens. Oh, okay. The, the ancients believed that there was life in things, there was a spirit in animals, and spears that took life also were imbued in some way with life in order to take life. So weapons became this sort of, like, god unto themselves... Something like that. And that's basically persisted evolutionarily all the way to guns. God, we were so much cooler in the past. So much so much so more much mysterious. <laughs> we were so much more mysterious. Just like, it takes the life, therefore it has the life, and therefore it gives the life, and we are the life together. But I'd like to propose a different take on, on gun fever because uh, as someone who grew up in a family that I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say the family that was immediately around me was rather uh, on the left side I'm I'm more centered, I'd say, but growing up, a man being, on the left, being <laughs> on on the left here, the first time I shot a gun, I was like, oh, this is fun. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I get mm-hmm. this. Still too hot. It is it's, fun. It's, it's so I wouldn't go ahead and say it's it is weapon fetish fetishization in the sense that you got people in in this country that would like give up their kids before they give up their guns, but it's also that moment where Charlie shoots the gun and he realizes like, Oh, this is fun. Mm -hmm. I think that's Mm -hmm. the gun fever. That's, you know, admitting that no matter how much against guns you want to be, it's, they're a little fun to shoot. It's the power. Even in the beginning, Charlie was against guns. Like I forget the exact quote. I have it written down somewhere. We'll get to the quotes later, but he was completely against guns. And then he ends up shooting it once. Like you, you guys said, he gets the gun fever. He even gets shot in the head, and then at the end, he's like, "We're still keeping the gun, right?" You guys still have the gun. Yeah, like we're still keeping Ooh. it right. So like, he really has the gun fever. I think it's hilarious how he thinks gun fever is an actual disease, and he he, he somehow convinced himself that he has it. When does he do that? When he's like holding the gun, he's like, "I got the gun fever." Yeah, I know, I know. I just uh, you just what? I just needed it. Is this the gun fever talking, dude? It's not. The, I don't have the gun fever, man. Look. I don't think he's smart enough to know that there's a difference between just what people say and what's actually real. It's interesting that, like, every single 
time they show people holding the gun and it's not in their hands, it's in the front of their fucking pants. Every single time. Like with Colin, when he's like, yeah, yeah. I keep a gun on me all the time, it's also in the front of his pants. There's like, so much. We'll just keep it right here. Guns and penises, man. The irresponsibility, It's I love that they're gun nuts, but they're irresponsible gun nuts. Like, you can't even be bothered to, to be safe with the one thing you claim to be obsessed with here. Dennis seems to know... It seemed like he knows what he's doing with the gun. You know, he picked it up from the ground, clipped it, took it away from Mac, who's an idiot with it. I was going to say, yeah, he, he tried to control it a little bit, but yeah, Mac did not care. He was just, like, pointing the gun at Dennis's face. But to answer your question there, Adam, why <laughs> yeah. I don't like this episode, mm-hmm. I don't like it. I think it's actually below average. I think the, sure. the, the, the plot's pretty predictable, and I'll get into that later. I think the characters are just kind of all miss- you know, there's there's a couple upsides to it. This is the first time we see uh, Charlie's iconic green jacket, so that's nice. Nice time we meet. Mm-hmm. If you're into that, mm-hmm. you know, we meet <laughs> Huang, that kind of thing. Huang the the uh, landlord. He's great. You know, that's great. There's a maybe one laugh out loud moment I think I got, but all in all, just a below average episode that I'm very excited to uh, discuss. Yeah, I didn't think it was so funny either. I thought it was a little bit better than you guys are giving it credit for, but yeah, we'll dive sure. into that in a little bit. Yeah. All right. It was a great time. Well, I love this show. Let's go to commercial break real quick, and then when we come back from commercial break, we are going to put some numbers to our arguments. You're going to hear how much, specifically, I hate this episode. <laughs> and uh, the guys maybe will change my mind. We'll see. It's uh, a difficult thing to quantify. <laughs> all that and more coming up after this commercial break. We will be right back. Yeah, I had to edit it out. out it all. sucked. Are we recording now? Yeah. We've been recording. recording. <laughs> Dude, I'm recording you when you sleep. Welcome back, Whoa. ladies and gentlemen, to Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. We got some numbers that we're going to put behind our argument right now. I said I didn't like this episode. I believe the dish of the day kind of agreed with me, and I got some strange looks from the other side of the room because it's literally the other side of the room. Thanks for the the spacing, guys. Thanks for the social distancing. First, I want to let you guys know if this is the first time you're joining us here today, we got some categories to talk about. We're going to be talking about the story of Season 1, Episode 5, the characters. We're going to be talking about all the quotes we liked, the overall humor, or lack thereof, and the wildcard spot, for which this show is named. Up to 200 points we can give between everyone here in this room, up to 10 points per category, There's a whole bunch of math that we're going to do, but don't worry about that. Sit back and relax. We're going to open this up here with the story that I thought was unbearably predictable. Yeah, it's a sitcom, you know. No, It's Always Sunny is generally uh, shocking in their best plots. That's a shitty excuse. Well, I mean, at the time it came out, I'm sure it was shocking. What what are we reviewing, Friends? Yeah, or Friends. (laughs) Or Big Bang Theory. That's, That's an excellent show. show. That's not a. I don't necessarily that think that the ending was that predictable. I think the beginning half definitely you knew exactly what was happening, and then I don't know. I kind of was expecting the first time I watched it at least for it to be Colin trying to rob the bar again because I kind of judged him, thought he was a little dumber than he was, and then yeah, obviously when they're all in the hospital and Charlie got shot and he was the one that tried to rob it, 
Colin actually robbed the bar for a second time. So I thought that was an interesting little twist at the end. Yeah. I yeah, mean, see? You know, yeah. I, I said before the commercial break that Charlie getting the gun fever, I related to that. Uh, I thought that was a funny concept. That's the only thing that really kept me from straight up giving this a zero on the story. Yeah, right? Uh, I really enjoyed Gun Fever 2. The original just doesn't do it for me. This is the one time where the original is probably considerably worse than the sequel, in my opinion. I think it's great. You know, it's a sitcom. It's called Situational Comedy. They're thrown into a city. What would happen if the bar we own gets robbed and one of our employees is dating the robber? It's a great situation comedy. So you think the story is great? No, not great, but it's it's you know it's it's fine. It's fun fun story. Again, I like how it all. So you think it's fine? Yeah. What's the number you give it? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I give this one an eight out of ten. <laughs> so eight. Yeah. Eight. It's not great. It's, it's not great. It's, well, I don't think eight is fine. I think ten is great. Eight, seven, and eight are fine for me. Ten is perfect. Yeah. It's out of ten per category. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not giving it a ten. It's not You got perfect. a little room to go there, but no, no, dog, no. I feel it. Eight. I feel it. But yeah, like I said, I like the the ending to the story. I thought it was a cool little twist, and I like the the small throw in that they have Charlie being the one robbing the bar because he was the one that he had to pay his rent and they kinda of set that up throughout the whole story. So the first time at least I saw it, I wasn't expecting it too much. With that being said, I don't think it was the best storyline, so I am giving it a 7. I'll give it a 1. That's a 1 from the Tachos. I think this is going to be the rare case where maybe Tachos and I agree on an episode. Let's move on to the characters. You can give up to 10 points, of course, for this category as well. I think uh, as far as the characters go, whatever reason, watching this time around, at least with you guys, D is becoming my favorite character in the gang. Really? I think in these earlier se- in these earlier episodes at least, I think she's got some of the best lines. I think she's got some of the best motivation. I think it's interesting now that we're starting to see she is just as susceptible to being coerced by sex mm-hmm. as the guys. That the guys are desperate to get laid, and she is just clearly as desperate to get laid. They said "sweet D" one time, and I almost had to leave. I really can't handle it. Honestly, I really can't handle it. I'm going to crack yeah. very soon here. This episode, I did not like Deed this episode. I thought she was unbearable. Unbearable? Yeah. What made her unbearable? <laughs> she's just, I don't know. She's always like trying to be so nice, but she's not a good person. Okay, so she you know? wasn't unbearable. Yeah, her, her I just don't, I don't like her character at this unbearable. point. Like, she's so sincerely nice. Okay, yeah, because I actually have a, a quote written down that the, at the end. Charlie, if you needed some help with money, why didn't you talk to yeah, us? Yeah, man. I, yeah, like yeah, like you're saying, like why is she offering? That? Like, like they would have helped. I was about to say, yeah, one, I don't think they would have helped. No. And two, yeah, would she have even helped, or why is she being that nice in the first place? Yeah, anyway, this yeah, isn't. Like you were saying. This is this does not fit in this show being sincerely nice. Yeah, I thought in this one though it was kind of her mostly. That's the Just, only one that was like off oh, character. Oh, D, can you get me a nurse? Yeah, no problem, Charlie. What? You didn't shoot him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in the later scenes, it would have been like, what, Dennis shot you? You go get the nurse yeah. or whatever, yeah. Exactly. Maybe this one was supposed to be the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, hot takes. Hot takes. The only um, thing that I thought they were on character about and the only thing that I think I really noticed was how they um, – it's like three or four times throughout the episode, they're all yelling at the same time. Yeah. And that's pretty on point for them yeah. in terms of that's pretty on point for the whole group. I don't know if this is the first time that that happens. I think it does happen in the other 
four episodes, but this is the time where it really stands out, where they do it like a number of times. Everybody's yelling at the same time, like the end hospital scene. I can't you know? believe you shot Charlie, dude. Don't stop. You almost this killed again. our best friend. You know, no, you, no, almost, no, no, you, you told me to shoot Charlie. You told me to shoot Charlie. You almost killed him. 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 You
Um, when Dee uh, and Colin are at Cugino's and she's like... No, I mean, I told them not to, but Mac gets a boner every single time he thinks about a gun. Well, so. I think it's a great idea. Owning and knowing how to properly use a firearm is an important part of what makes this country great. That's what I'm trying to tell them. To tell you the truth, there's nothing sexier than even firing a gun. Actually, it really turns me on. Well, that's exactly why I want you to teach me how to use one, sexy. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I thought that was funny. That's why I like doing this with you guys. The ones that just kind of go right over. I liked uh, when they were all at the gun range and... Whoa, whoa, no, no, no. Check it out. That's not fun. That's not a toy. Oh, come on, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> or that like a couple, couple lines later when he asks, is it loaded? And that pause where he goes, it can be. Treat every gun as if it were loaded. Which is the exact opposite of what they do. My favorite quote was at the very beginning of the episode when Mac yells, Guys, 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 guys! We're not going to get anywhere yelling at each other, all right? Because that to me was like the entire the entire theme of the show. That's the entire synopsis of it is someone yeah. saying, don't do this while they do it. Or them yelling through things. We brought up the power dynamic between Mac and Dennis earlier and how they're, Mac's trying to assert himself as a Joe leader. Hardy. And I thought that was interesting because Mac in the later seasons is very subservient to Dennis. He is very falling behind Dennis's tail. Got to give him his diet pills. <laughs> so I, th- I give it a 5 out of 10 for the quotes. Just average, smack dab in the middle. Two. Uh, seven. I give it a five also, actually. Oh, wow. That's the lowest you ranked anything. This must have No, been that's not true. Shit. I think I gave a low score yesterday. Or the other time we recorded. The score you've given is four so far, I believe, but I'm not going to go back in the notes to check that. I'll do it. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> He's like, there's too many numbers there. We got the overall humor of this episode, the culmination between the characters, the story, the quotes, the jokes, everything. You got the overall humor. What do you guys think of the overall humor of this episode? I think there were a lot of missed opportunities. Like, if I am sitting on my couch having no, not even being really very funny, actually. Um, And I'm thinking of better jokes. I think that that is bad for the overall humor. Like when he's like, uh, look, the cat ate the canary or something. And then everybody just continues as if, you know, you can just say that. As if if, that wasn't the weirdest saying. If somebody said to me, the cat ate the canary, I would have said something like, I'm going to eat your canary or (laughs) make some stupid joke or Or something like that. Your mom's a canary. Something like that. Like nobody says the cat ate the canary in like real life. So yeah, overall humor. I thought there were a lot of missed jokes. It wasn't really very funny. I wasn't really like laughing. There were a few chuckles. There were a few chortles. There was even one or two snortles. But there wasn't really any laughing, so I'm going to go ahead and give that a two. Thanks for that, Dr. Seuss. Donnie. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of uh, random jokes as well, but I do think there was like a couple moments where it really had me like almost crying laughing, like the first time I saw the hospital scene and them arguing over each other and how relatable that is to us in general, and a lot of people just getting mad and yelling over each other. It just sounds funny, and then one person throws in that last like, whatever the last comment is, and then everyone just goes silent real quick. And then when the doctor walks in, just the awkwardness of that was really funny too, and they seemed to not care at all. I did like that moment where the doctor walks in after they're all arguing in the waiting room because he doesn't need to really ask or like look around for who it is. He, he can just tell. has the facepalm look. Yeah, he's like, these idiots arguing in the corner are definitely the one who shot their friend. Yeah, so like I said, it was, it was some random jokes, but it had me laughing the whole time, so I gave it a 7. I was laughing a lot, too. I thought the whole thing with Huang was so funny. Um, 
But for me, I don't know, D was kind of bland the entire episode. Um, it, and it, it doesn't really bring down my score that much, but it kind of does. Um, another thing that I liked about the episode, there was a lot of like quick cuts and like nice music um, that were like quickly played. Um, the great, this, this episode was edited really well, which made it funnier for me at times. And for that, I'm going to give this a 6.5. Alrighty, I can I can feel it. I thought the magnifying glass was funny when they're like trying to go figure out or go like figure out who robbed the bar, and then he's like Max like playing with a magnifying glass. He's like, you mm-hmm. got the magnifying glass? Yeah, yeah. Like they're so- like detectives. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you got yeah. a magnifying glass. Yeah, I thought that stupid. Yeah, he was pretty adamant on trying to be like a real detective in that situation, and Dennis was just like, yeah, I, I kind of know who this is. Let's go. Yeah, but I figured they missed so many jokes about the Hardy Boys and the cat ate the canary like they could have done i don't know i feel like they could have done better there were some missed opportunities i agree but now that you've pointed out a couple jokes now that i missed i'm not gonna go and change my score because i think four on the overall humor is fair it only got one laugh out loud moment from me and after hearing your argument there tachos dish of the day i I, I'm, i'm hard pressed not to change my score but i'm gonna keep it there at a four because, I mean, you're right, you know, if you're coming up with very jokes in your head when you're watching the episode. I'm telling you, I keep my 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 rating scale is it's always sunny can be pristine. There are some episodes where the humor is 10 out of 10 and it literally, literally almost kills me. Like puts me <laughs> into a laughing fit where I need to be restrained. Um, and if it's not doing that, you're not getting above well, having watched these four previous episodes, I think if I had to show this to like my dad or someone who hasn't seen It's Always Sunny, I would show the previous four yeah. before I show this. This one, wouldn't I be think. a good episode, I don't think, to start with. Like, because it's it's kind of like one of those episodes where if you're already watching the show because you know it's funny, you watch it and you just like glance over it. You're like, okay, yeah, that was kind of funny. Whatever, binge watch the next episode. It's like you know when you're maybe starting a new show or when you're like in the in to a show and there's those mid-season episodes where you feel you're really watching their characters on an off day like this isn't the best story this season and you know you're watching it that's how i feel every time i watch gun fever where it just doesn't feel the best that which they could is be doing. interesting because the other gun fevers like you mentioned are fucking out of this world hilarious. legendary arguably so i i wonder why there was such, that there was that um, exponential curve. This wasn't a flattened curve. <laughs> oh, topical. No. Topical. All right. Speaking of topical, uh, nothing to do with that transition. It's time for the <laughs> wild card, bitches. Can I give negative wild card points? I mean, it's your category. I'm not going to stop you. you I guess that would make it wild. So I'm going to give it negative three sweet D's. Mm. <laughs> is, mm. is that what we're doing now? Yeah, we're counting I can't the sweet D's? Fucking handle it. Okay, I'm gonna give it five wild cards, one for every instance of disregard for gun safety. For every time they got their finger on the trigger, every time he drops the magazine or swings around on his finger, I, I gave it a wild card. And I counted five gross instances of just zero caution for gun safety. We're sponsored by the NRA, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sponsored by the NRA, use code RUMHAM for 25% off your next annual membership. The NRA, why have a personality when you can have guns? What'd you think, Donnie? <laughs> um, 
I'm going to go ahead and give it uh, five Rice Krispie treats for my second favorite moment. <laughs> Would you like a Rice Krispie treat? Oh, Adam's looking a little mad over there. But yeah, my second favorite moment when Charlie and Wayne go back and forth getting mad. And Charlie's like, oh, I'm not going to pay rent, but here's some Rice Krispie treats. They yell at each other and then... Wang still takes, I, I believe, somewhere around five crispy treats and storms off. You know what I mean when I say I have my wings? <laughs> well, thanks for stealing my crispy treats, but You're that's welcome. okay. I will give this one a, because I didn't like D that much, I didn't like your character this episode, so I'm going to bring it down a little bit. I'm giving this one a three of small safes that a relatively small man can carry out <laughs> of a bar. So what do you think? I think next time you boys ought to get the kind of safe that a relatively small man can't just carry away. I'm glad you had a backup joke, or unless you just came up with that, that's even better. What's I'd argue that that's almost better than the Rice Krispie Treats. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'll give it to you. All right, I'm going to do some real quick math. The 3.9s and the 4.4s. The issue, my issue with Sweet D, and you can feel free to use this in the recording, is that they're using it like it's her name. Like in the later episodes where they say Sweet D, like when she's doing that whole stupid comedy thing. That was a great episode, by the way. But when <laughs> she does that whole comedy thing and they like, her name is like Sweet D. The joke's on it's me. Like, yeah. It's like not her real name. They're like calling her like Sweet D went to the store. Like if I was talking about Donnie and his name was D, I'd be like, oh, Sweet D's coming over. Like that's not a fucking You're telling name. me you don't call me Sweet Donnie when I'm not around? I only call you Sweet Donnie when I'm describing you to other people. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny that you had to give permission to use your recording as if it's actually your choice mm-hmm. before you started with that. Just yeah. for the record. Oh. You guys signed your life away to me <laughs> oh. the second we became oh. friends. You signed oh. the oh. disclosure agreement. <laughs> To be on any and all podcasts I make. Anything you say into a microphone can and will be held against you. So I got the numbers here, you guys. This is not our favorite episode here, not in the slightest. The Internet Movie Database online has a little over 2,000 votes, 2,073 to be exact. They give this episode an 8.1 out of 10, which is the lowest one that the fans have given it so far. But, not only that, this is our least liked episode as well, sitting pretty at 4.2. 4.2, keep in mind we've given every other episode this season an, uh, a 5.1, a 5.2, and a 6.5. This is our lowest episode, you guys. Uh, Adam went ahead and gave this episode a 5.9, Donnie's got it at a 6.4, the dish of the day gave it a 0.6, and I gave it a 4. These are all out of 10, of course, for an average score of 4.2 out of 10. What do you guys think? I want to say I, I do like the episode a lot. It's just that for me, D brought the, you know, the points down. I think it's very important to recognize that 4.2, 4 feet 2 inches is the magic number for when children don't have to sit in booster seats. Mm-hmm. So you think it's a sign? Okay. I'm just, I'm just stating the facts. What you choose to do with those facts is up to you. I'm not really sure how to decipher that one, actually. And I think we're going to be sitting here for a long time trying to figure it out. But while we sit here and figure it out, you guys can go ahead and listen to another episode of Rumham and Wild Cards. You can find us on Spotify, Google Pods, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, you will find Rumham and Wild Cards. If you're looking for all our links, our social medias, uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, let us know what you thought of this episode, thought of our opinions, maybe you like this episode. Head on over to anchor.fm slash rumham. Like I said, you can find all our other episodes, all the platforms we're on, all our social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at alwayssunnypod. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's going to do it 
for us, guys. Hang in there. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back very, very soon. You got any, anything else for the lovely people here tonight? Hit us up. Follow us. Good night, New York. You guys are always just so eager to talk, and that's why I love doing this with y'all. All right, guys, let's go wash our hands together, shall we? Six feet away. Six feet away. Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards is produced and edited by Braden Pleggencool. This episode was written and hosted by Braden Pleggencool, Donnie Crunkleton, Adam Rothbort, and the Dish of the Day.